Well, good morning, Central Baptist Church. Uh, this is uh, Lee and Donna Harlan uh, coming to you today for our virtual Sunday school class. And, and Donna, this is a special class. This is the last class in our study of Job. And so it's sort of a celebratory class. And so as you can see in the back, Donna's brought a pinata. Uh, with our granddaughters, we like to celebrate when they visit Fiesta and the pinata is sort of the central theme of fiesta. And so we thought we'd try to have a little festive mood here this morning. I, we're actually doing this from my office here at ETSU and ETSU has been in a celebratory mode as we finished uh, spring semester and looking forward to recharging and renewing and regenerating this summer so we can have a great fall. So a lot to celebrate. So uh, we, uh, we want to start off by looking and at this final chapter on the life of Job. Uh, and um, we're gonna do that in the scripture. So if you will join us, this is in Job 42, it's verses five through 17. So as they say on National Public Radio, on reading with mother, uh, are you seated comfortably? because uh, it's going to take a while to read all this, but Donna, share that with us. Yes, stay with us, it's 18 verses. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. After the Lord had said these things to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I am angry with you and your two friends, because you have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. So now take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job, and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you, and I will accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly. You have not spoken the truth about me, as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuite, and so far the Naamathite, did what the Lord told them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in his house. They comforted and consoled him over all the trouble the Lord had brought on him, and each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 donkeys. And he also had seven sons and three daughters. The first daughter he named Jemima, the second Keziah, and the third Karen Hapuk. Nowhere in all the land were there found women as beautiful as Job's daughters. And their father granted them an inheritance along with their brothers. So... We have the pleasure of wrapping up this story of Job, and let's talk about that. You know, Lee, this could have ended very differently, couldn't it? Um, we don't always get a happy ending, do we? No, certainly not. I'm sure you've experienced less than perfect endings in your life, but if, and if not, at least you can see them throughout history, even with God's people in the Bible. Remember that all but Judas 
had hanged himself. Uh, John uh, and John were martyred as disciples of Christ. But let me say that ultimately, we all do get a very happy ending at the end, right? That's what Christians came to assure, Christ came to assure us of. As believers, uh, we can all look forward to what we read in 1 Corinthians 2, 9. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things of God has prepared for those who love us. As someone who is constantly amazed by the creativity and the imagination of others, this is truly mind-boggling. Think of da Vinci and Einstein and anyone of that caliber, and it does not begin to touch the creativity of God. The other thing that we can't fathom that's talked about here is the magnificence of God. We read these words, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. That's what seeing God will do to us. Oswald Chambers calls this the delight of despair. Isn't that beautiful? That's beautifully said, Donna. Scripture does say that they heard and saw God. And while that might make us say, well, I haven't seen or heard God. And if I had, I would have reacted differently. But wait. We have seen God. We have heard God. Yes, very clearly. Throughout scripture, we have very few questions about how to treat others and honor God. In the words of Mark Twain, it's not the parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me. It's the parts I do understand. We actually understand a lot better than we pretend to. We have also seen God in Christ. Jesus said that if we have seen him, we have seen the Father. Byron McCain, archaeologist and historian of religions and Judaism at the Atlantic University of Florida says, the abundance of historical texts converts the real existence of Jesus into a broad and deep consensus among scholars, regardless of their religious beliefs. I do not know, nor have I heard of any trained historian or archaeologist who has doubts about his existence. So in essence, we have seen God just as Job did. So Lee, why was God unhappy with these three friends? Well, they, the scripture says that God says they didn't speak the truth about him. It also says that he was angry about that. So it sounds like if you want to make God angry, speak of him in a way that isn't true. God doesn't want to be misrepresented, even if someone has good intentions. We can see that because the three friends actually went on <clears throat> to make sacrifices that God asked them to make. They did believe in God, and they wanted a relationship with him, but they had been misled by their culture, and their biases, things we must constantly be aware of ourselves. This is a very clear lesson, I think, for us today. We can have complete faith in God and have the best of intentions, but if we are misrepresenting God to the world, we are, in fact, the same as the three friends of Job, and we need to seek forgiveness, not just from God, but from anyone we may have wronged. 
I love that point. That is so great. You know, one of the ways that we can continue to see that Job is godly in the last part of this story is that there's no mention of animosity towards anyone who wronged him during that time, not even his wife. And they had more children, so he obviously forgave her. Don't we love to win an argument to say, I told you so? It's human nature. So Job had taken on the nature of God rather than the nature of man. He welcomed all these people into his home, even though it appears that they were fair-weather friends. You get a sense that this was truly a time of celebration, and perhaps there were plenty of people who did apologize to Job who, if they had uh, doubted him or wronged him. We don't know, but it seems that Job would have forgiven them regardless of that. You know, Donna, during this study, uh, we talked about some about the time period of Job. So let's, let's go back to that for a minute and think about that. Most biblical scholars think Job lived prior to the law, so the law being given to Moses, which would explain why he gave his inheritance to his daughters as well as his sons. God had not given the law yet at this point in time. Some have made a guesstimate that Job lived to be around 240 years old and that he suffered for about two years, but we really don't know. We don't really have any way of knowing because the Bible doesn't really give us specific information. However, verse 16 of this chapter says that he lived an additional 140 years. So we do know that the best of his life after this suffering was still ahead of him. The important thing to remember is that God was working with Job during this time of suffering and that in the suffering, Job suffered well. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but the way we respond to the challenges, to the drama in our lives, says a lot about who we are, whose we are, and what we believe. I remember how our pastor in Singapore used to say, God's people don't just live well, they die well too, meaning they suffer well. I remember that. We can imagine that when Job's time on the earth was up, and obviously it was at some point, he would have died well. Of course, that doesn't mean without pain or hardship. It simply means letting go easily of what the world has to offer us. Remember at the stoning of Stephen, the scripture says they saw his face was like the face of an angel. God provided his peace and his victory over death. It seems that God always, always wants to provide for us no matter what our life circumstances are. Because nothing, no power, no principality in heaven or in earth can separate us from God's love for us. In reading about Job, I came across the most beautiful thought of Charles Spurgeon. We are not all like Job, but we all have Job's God. Though we have neither risen to Job's wealth, nor will probably ever sink to Job's poverty, yet there is the same God above us if we be high, and the same God with his everlasting arms beneath us, if we be brought low. And what the Lord did for Job, he will do for us 
not precisely in the same form, but in the same spirit and with like design. So in summarizing the purpose of Job's suffering, and we've talked a lot about that, you know, during these series of lessons, both from God's perspective and from Job's perspective and from the perspective of his friends. David Gusick says, without anger toward Job, God allowed him to suffer in order to humil humiliate the accuser, that is Satan, and provide support to countless sufferers who would follow in Job's footsteps. Since the story has been with people from, an, from even before the giving of the Jewish law, we can assume that it has been a great comfort and encouragement to millions of people and will continue to be. And when you think about the history of the world and the suffering that has gone on uh, as a result of pure evil uh, wrought upon people, uh, it really brings a special point to the fact that we can all look toward how Job responded to suffering and how God responded to Job and take great comfort in, in that. Our prayer is that we'll all keep this with us because there'll be a time, certainly when we'll need it, either for ourselves or for our friends or for our family. While none of us would sign up for the same kind of suffering Job experienced, wouldn't we welcome the opportunity to humiliate the accuser and provide countless sufferers support let those words inspire us to endure the hardship, knowing that God has purpose in his ways, even in the midst of our suffering. In thinking more about the purpose of Job's experience, a chapter of the Bible came to mind. Ecclesiastes 3 says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven." I had thought about the seasons and how we're to observe the seasons of life with respect by doing the appropriate thing in the moment, but I hadn't really thought about the reason for that. It's because they have a purpose in God's order. In this story of Job, we have seen a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to keep silence, a time to speak. Those times are ordained by God for his purposes. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for this story, this timeless story that has resonated through centuries to give people encouragement in their walk with you and to help them know that you are there no matter what their circumstances, no matter what their life situation is, we can cling to this story and know that you are there. No matter what ending we get, there will be a happy ending. And we thank you for that. And we thank you for your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Donna. And thank you all for joining us uh, for this lengthy study of Job. We really appreciate all of the teachers and the amount of time and effort they put in to sort of unpack this story for us and, and make us make it fresh and new. You know, uh, joy is something in life that's easily robbed from you. And so Don and I would wish you today a fiesta. 
we wish you today that no matter your circumstances, that you won't let the accuser rob you of joy. God bless you all. Have a great week. Bye-bye.